0: When Dr. Eric Foley thinks about the life and death of a pastor martyred for his work reaching North Koreans with the gospel, he wants the story to be told accurately. We have to be careful who the
1: subject of our sentence is. I don't like to say sentences that say, North Korean state security agents killed Pastor Han because that makes them the subject uh, of the action. I like to say that the Lord Jesus... Uh, raised up Pastor Han to be his witness, and Pastor Han made a faithful witness. And he laid down his life in imitation of the Lord Jesus, and he did so because he was a good shepherd, because he had been discipled by the Savior, who is our good shepherd. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.
0: Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and we're in our studio in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, with Dr. Eric Foley. Dr. Foley is the co-founder and the head of Voice of the Martyrs Korea, He's also the author of a book called These Are the Generations, about a North Korean Christian family. Dr. Foley, welcome back to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you, Todd. We are going to talk today because the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church is coming up. Every year, the Voice of the Martyrs does a video to help churches sort of remind the people in the pews to pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters, to remind them of who we're praying for. And this year's video focuses specifically on North Korea. That's right. Uh, which is interesting because there there are stories, many stories from North Korea we can't tell. There are many stories we never hear. That's we'll right. hear those stories in heaven. But this year's video, we are telling a story. Yes. Talk a little bit about the story that people are going to see in this year's IDOP video. Sure.
1: It's you know, and we're, we're so privileged to be able to tell it with John and Judy Groters, who who did the 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 magnificent Tortured for Christ movie about Pastor Wombrand's life. So we're excited because now we're able to, through this IDOP video, we'll be telling the story of um, the the life of another persecuted Christian. This was one who was martyred, Pastor Han Chung Yo. He was the leader of our base in Changbai, China. If you look at that on the the map in China, if you just trace your finger up along that North Korea border from from Tandong, uh, where you'll see um, where uh, on the West Sea there the North Korea China border. If you keep going a long way north, you'll see where Changbai is, and there's a mountain that uh, sits on that border between North Korea and China. And uh, for many years since the the famine beset North Korea in the 1990s, uh, North Korean people have been forced up that mountain. There's vegetation on the North Korean side, uh, special um, uh, vegetation uh, uh, ingredients that are used in, in Chinese medicine. It's only on the North Korea side. And North Koreans have now for decades, they've gone up that mountain, and then they descend on the other side into China. And uh, the man who was there to meet them was Pastor Han Chong-yol, and he was the leader of our base there. On April 30th, 2016, right at the base of, of the mountain, uh, Pastor Han was met by three North Korean state security agents. Uh, North Korean agents are permitted by China to operate inside China in a couple of locations along that border to uh, facilitate uh uh, North Korean supposed security, I guess you could say, but it was it was on that day, April 30th, 2016, that that three of these assassins came across the border. Uh, they had arranged. One of the people had been to our discipleship base. Uh, was an undercover operative of the government. That happens a lot. The the intelligence agents estimate that about 90% of the people who come from North Korea into China uh, to make contact with Christian uh, missionary uh, discipleship bases and things like that are are spies from the government. Wow. So we have to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves.
0: Uh, talk to me a little bit of, when you say your base in China. Now yeah. We're talking about— a base to work with North Koreans but it's in communist China. That's
1: right. This is not a like a YWAM base. This is not like a, you know, military base. A discipleship base you you could be there and not even know you were in one. It's 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 basically just um, the language that we used a to room. do. Yeah, a room, <laughs> right. Absolutely. You know in the old days uh, when we first started 18 years ago um, there were Chinese churches that were open to receiving North Koreans. Not anymore. It has become a criminal offense for not only for Chinese individuals to to, to aid North Korean people. They have to be reported uh, to the police. But it's a crime for Chinese churches to open their doors to them. So unfortunately, almost without exception, they don't. Fortunately, there's still uh, a few churches that uh, do that, but not many.
0: And, and Pastor Han... We're pastor pastor, pastor Han, Han was a pastor, right? So. He was. He was. In
1: fact, he was a pastor in a three-self church. You know, a state registered church. And here he was, a three-self pastor, openly helping North Korean people in this uh, area of China. And the North Koreans couldn't stand it. They kept making these appeals to the to the China government, and they said, "How can you let this guy brazenly break your own laws? I mean, you know what he's doing." And the Chinese police there locally, they actually really—the the way they said it is they said, look, he's actually doing us a service. I mean, if if he wasn't doing this, we would have all of these North Korean people of uh, all wandering around town, and who knows— what trouble they would cause? You know, would they be breaking into people's homes? Uh, would they be do, committing acts of violence? So the police were really grateful. So what
0: he's doing is illegal, but it helps us out. Right? So we're going to sure. Gonna...
1: I mean, it's it's that was the kind of the calculus that the Chinese police were making, and that's why China didn't touch him. Well, actually, we'd say it was the Lord's hand of protection. Right. On him Is why the Chinese didn't touch him, and so he was able to to disciple into the hundreds of North Koreans over these years. I mean, he discipled them. It's, it's not like they were gathered together in a giant classroom and he was teaching them 30 at a time. I mean, these, these Todd were one at a time people coming and he would meet them on the side of the mountain. Uh, he would meet them on the base of the mountain. He would meet them anywhere and whatever their need was, he would always meet that need and he would introduce them to the deeper need that they didn't know that they had, which was the Lord Jesus.
0: Now, and and knowing full well that 90% of them are spies. Right. That, that's the amazing thing to me is nine out of ten of the people who call him are a spy there to cause trouble for him and yet he welcomes right. with open arms.
1: So that's why, you know, as I say, the, the now the, the the video on the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church is an amazing story, but what we're talking about now is really the backstory to yeah. that. It's, well, um,
0: and, I, and I want people to understand Pastor Hahn, and you talk about him as the leader of your base, and you talk about him as a martyr, but he was also your friend. He was our friend. He was, he was our coworker. longtime he friend. He sat at your table and ate dinner with you. He
1: did, and he. Um, see if I can get through this part. I mean, it's— uh, it's absolutely true. I mean, I could just talk about him as a person in, in ways that we're not always, we don't always know the personalities, do we, when we hear these stories? But Pastor Han, if you were to say any one thing about him, what you point out is his eyes. He had the most discerning eyes, and you could see it just in looking at him. And so even though we say 90% of the people who are coming across the border were spies, Pastor Han, I think, probably knew in in almost every case who he was talking to. He just had a spiritual discernment that came from the Lord and it was a real gift. He was secondly, I would say he was a man of deep prayer. You know, he most of the people who do North Korean ministry, to be honest about it, I want to say that after a few years, they can get knocked off the base if you will. I mean, not the discipleship base, I mean, knocked off the base of their faith. They're always got two cell phones going and the cell phones are ringing and the cell phones are one cell phone is a text of this problem that's happening. And another is this emergency that's up. And it's really easy to, to uh, in this line of work to lose your soul, but not pastor Han. He prayed every morning until nine o'clock. I mean, he got up every morning and he prayed until nine and then he did his work, and every night he came home and he took care of his family. And, and as I say, I wish, I wish that was common. It's not common. I, I, not only in North Korean ministry, but in many forms of ministry, guys get so sucked up into it that uh, their, their children— uh, don't know the Lord. But not only did Pastor Hans' children know the Lord, but uh, he had adopted a child, and they were caring for that child, and and he was raising up in the admonition of the Lord. So Pastor Hahn was a man of prayer. He was a man of discernment. He was a family man. Uh, he, he didn't talk a lot. He had a limp. Uh, physically, he was an unimpressive guy, and... Um, what I remember is that he would sit in our office and my Korean is is serviceable. I mean, I can go to the, the uh, get my driver's license and buy my groceries and, uh, but I have to still preach off a manuscript. You know, I can't, can't just, uh, the words don't pop out of my mouth, but Pastor Han's English was non-existent, but he loved when he would come to South Korea, he would just sit in the office and I would sit at my desk and he would sit at the table and we would sit together for hours and say almost nothing. He would, I'd be doing my work and he'd be doing his work, but we were just, it was just good to be together. But uh, two months before the— Yeah,
0: this is what I want to talk about because he knew what he was doing was yeah. dangerous. He knew there were threats. Absolutely. Two months before he comes to visit you guys, and, and you're talking about maybe it's time to pull back. Maybe it's time for you to stay here This, for a this while.
1: is the question my wife and I were asking. I mean, My, my wife is the co-founder of the ministry. So as we were talking, uh, what we were working off of was very credible information that we had received that he was, he was certainly going to be kidnapped when he went back. And part of that is a little bit of the earlier story is, is that Deacon Chang, who was the deacon at our discipleship base, was kidnapped by North Korean operatives on Chinese soil in November 2014 to this day is in a North Korean prison. We say, how can we pray? Let's pray by name every day for Deacon Chang. They, they literally taught keep him alive just to torture him for the sake of torturing us. I mean, that's, that's the truth of it.
0: Let's dive a little deeper yeah. into the fact that these are North Korean agents who are allowed to come to op- across do into their work. China, yeah. and grab someone and take him and take to them North Korea, back? And the Chinese government just says that's fine with us.
1: That's right. If you go to the, you want to talk to the Chinese government about it, and this is this is still the situation for the family there. The Chinese government is not approaching Deacon Chang's family and saying, "Hey, we're working hard to get him out." It's always the family. It's always the family going to the the Chinese government, and the Chinese government kind of shrugs their shoulders and say, "Well, you know." We we do what we can, and uh, and so that's why to this day basically not our problem. That's right. Sorry,
0: it's not our problem.
1: When Pastor Han was in our office, at that point it had been a couple of years uh, that uh, Deacon Chang had been in prison. They ransacked his all of his personal stuff, and so that that gave them some clues to begin to put the pieces together of some of the people who had visited the discipleship base and those kinds of things. And so, as a result of that, the North Korean government began to formulate a plan. And what we knew two months before Pastor Han was martyred was that we we we, we were certain they were going to kidnap him. North Korea almost never kills anybody because it, it 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 causes them more problems than it solves. So kidnapping and then imprisonment torture death inside north korea is usually the way that it goes and so there we were talking with pastor han we knew with almost certainty that he was going to be kidnapped and so that was the question what do we do do we relocate your family do we you know do we have you lay low for a while but pastor han this is really this is where the witness was made what he knew was, he said, the good shepherd cares for the sheep. So he knew where he needed to be. He knew that if, if he was not there, other people would pay the price for his absence, that, it, that there would be not just him who would be kidnapped, but there would, could potentially be dozens of people who could be interrogated both inside of North Korea and outside of North Korea. He knew he needed to go back and he needed to care for the flock that the Lord had entrusted to him. It was the, one of the hardest conversations I can remember at 18 years of ministry was to see him from the back, walking out the door. My wife saw him with one of our workers just a few weeks before all of this happened with his martyrdom. And, and he was peaceful. He was filled with joy. He was calm. He was continuing to pray every morning. He was continuing to take care of his family. But... On April 30th, he received a phone call. The phone call came from a a person who had been to our discipleship base, a North Korean, whom he had met and discipled, who it turned out was a person who had provided information to the North Korean government and had really no choice but was being co-opted into this operation. And they contacted Pastor Han. They said, I'm in an extreme situation. I need to see you right away, right on the border. Come help me.
0: And the shepherd will not desert the sheep. The shepherd didn't desert so the sheep. So the sheep called and he went.
1: And he went. And he went to the border. And when he went to the border, um, he was he was met as he stepped out of the car by these three North Korean state security agents. And they have these little stiletto knives and they do their jobs very quickly, very quietly. It's once up through the heart, once across the artery in the neck, and um, and they're gone. But in this case... You know, you can see the hatred that they had for Pastor Han because they also stabbed him through the crown of the skull seven times. They placed him back in the car to to have him bleed out, and so when he was discovered, uh, there was just the thick, thick blood on the on the on the on the uh, the floor of the automobile. But the one thing that they could not take away was the expression on his face. The expression on his face was not an expression of agony. It was not an expression of fear. He had uh, the most amazing calm expression on his wow. face.
0: Why the hatred? The the, the last time you were here, we talked about the fact that North Korea knows that the the thing that is the biggest threat to them is the Scripture, is the Bible, is the teachings of Jesus Christ. Is that why the extra hatred for him? They,
1: beginning in, in 2015 to the United Nations in their rebuttal to the U.N. Religious Freedom Report, where they raise every year the concerns about religious freedom in North Korea, they, for the first time, describe the work of missionaries as acts of terror. So according to the North Korean government, Pastor Han was a terrorist.
0: He was just like ISIS. And it's
1: interesting because if you knew Pastor Han, the one thing that—Pastor Han, I don't think he ever had a political thought in his life. You know, he was, he was Korean by background, Chinese by citizenship— uh, but his citizenship was in the kingdom of God. He, had, he could care less. In fact, there's so much I wish we could pack into that, that uh, video for the International Day of Prayer, but one of the things that's not in there, Pastor Han really didn't have any interest in North Korean ministry. The reason he got into North Korean ministry was because North Koreans started showing up at his door. And he simply felt that as a pastor, God had placed him there. And as a pastor, he should receive anyone who came to him. And so he did. And 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 that's, you know, from the beginning to the end, he 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 always told us, he said, I am not in North Korean ministry. He said, I am a pastor of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's how he lived. It's how he died. And it's why he died. And the, the video from the International Day of Prayer, the Persecuted Church, what you'll see, you'll see the actor playing Pastor Han in the video, but the story that it tells is the story of one of the hundreds of people that Pastor Han discipled and how they reacted when they received the news that Pastor Han had been killed. And the news didn't come in the form of a, quote, Pastor Han, our beloved right. uh, uh, man who discipled us in Christ, has been martyred. What the, What it came in was the form of a great enemy against the North Korean state, has been has has we've taken him out. Yeah, we've taken them out, and so they were celebrating. These assassins are heroes in North Korea, wow. and they were being praised and lauded. And of course, the Pastor Han's disciples—they could tell from uh, the information that was given. They knew what would, would instantly. They knew it was Pastor Han. And so the question is now what? And so that's what the video is about. Now what? What do we do? And so in the video, um, it's it's. You know, to me, it's 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 right up there with the Warm brand torture for Christ movie. What what do we do? We continue the faithful witness, the next link in the chain, the next man up. You know, Pastor Han was discipled, and the and the person he discipled then in the video makes the witness, and it's an absolutely true story. Everything in in the video, we went to great lengths. The groaters were great. Everything from the costumes to, you know, obviously we couldn't couldn't film it on location. But all the details in the story, all of the quotes that appear in there are absolutely true. Wow.
0: We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Dr. Eric Foley. He is the co-founder of Voice of the Martyrs Korea. Eric, where does that courage come from? The the courage to be in a safe country like South Korea and know full well Mm. there's threats of kidnapping, there's threats against my life, but I'm going to go back. I'm getting on the plane. I'm going tomorrow. Yeah. Where does that courage come from?
1: <laughs> you know, Todd, it's interesting. We've, we've had 36 martyrs in Voice of the Martyrs Korea history, 36 men and women who are part of our team who have laid down their life for Christ. And you can imagine that, um, of course, because we still care for their families and we continue on their work, uh, many of their names we can't mention because they're still um, connected to people. Uh, in, in these places where we do work. But I, I spent an awful lot of time at night staring at the ceiling and thinking, I think, about the question, what do they have in common? What do all of these martyrs have in common? And, you know, it's interesting because what I would have thought before I spent a lot of time staring at the ceiling was that they had in common a kind of a courage, a holy boldness. But I'm, I, I want to tell you the absolute truth that what all 36 have in common is weakness, And what I mean by that is is that these 36 men and women, including Pastor Hun, were people who knew that they needed the Lord Jesus in in, in in not just in a in a general spiritual sense, not in the afterlife, but uh, in a day-to-day Today, basis. In the
0: next ten minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: that uh, Pastor Han, he was a man who prayed every morning, but it wasn't the it wasn't the prayers of the praying hide where his knees were worn out. This was a man who was on his knees because he knew he could not do this work that day, unless the Lord Jesus intervened. And so when I think about Pastor Han and I think about his, even his physical stature, you know, the fact that he, he had a limp, um, he had a lot of physical problems, uh, reminds me that, you know, if I were to use one word, it wouldn't be courageous, it would be weak. And I think that what these 36 martyrs, what I've learned from them in, 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 in getting a chance to, to watch their witness is that they simply refuse to be separated from the Lord Jesus the way that you would refuse, like, let's say for example, that you and your wife were in a room together, heaven forbid, the police came in and and they tried to drag your wife out. What would you do? You would try to hold on to her at any cost. And if someone saw that, they wouldn't say Todd's being courageous. They would say, Todd doesn't want to see his wife get dragged out. Todd, Todd can't let her go. And that's what I would say about pastor Han, why he went back is because, uh, He didn't want to let go of the Lord Jesus. And so he had to be wherever Jesus was. And he had a very strong sense of where Jesus was leading him. And so to him, I think the idea of being in a, you know, what we would say is a safe place, you know, getting his family, moving his family, to him would be terrifying because his only thought is he wanted to be wherever Jesus had directed him. And so um, it's different in every case, isn't it? We can't have a uniform way of saying it, it must be this way in one way. Every story is different. But what I know in looking at Pastor Han is, is that he went back to Changbai, not to be a hero, but because he didn't want to let the Lord Jesus go. And the Lord Jesus went back to Changbai and Pastor, Pastor Han followed him there. And the Lord Jesus went to the border and Pastor Han followed him there. He didn't die because he was deceived and, and uh, you know, we always have to be careful as Christians. We have to be careful who the subject of our sentence is. I don't like to say sentences that say North Korean state security agents killed Pastor Han because that makes them the subject uh, of the action. I like to say that the Lord Jesus uh, raised up Pastor Han to be his witness, and Pastor Han made a faithful witness. And he laid down his life in imitation of the Lord Jesus, and he did so because he was a good shepherd, because he had been discipled. Uh, by the savior who is our good shepherd
0: and i find it amazing that even in death the expression on his face was not one of terror not at all it was yeah. one of i'm going to heaven today and
1: you know it was such a struggle to um the chinese government in intervened and interfered in every possible way in his funeral even in, in to this day the investigation is in his into his death remains open which is is not to say that there's any investigation happening right. into his death. Um, as you know, from the countries that we work with, investigations remain open because it gives governments the opportunity to finish the things that they want to finish off. And, and so one of the things in this case is we know the names of the men who killed Pastor Han. We know uh, they are heroes in North Korea. We know that uh, they have received a great compensation in this life for what it was that they did. But at his funeral... Um, uh, they worked very hard to make it so that it was a small funeral. They made it difficult for the family. They, they didn't let anyone touch his body. They, they blocked off all of, you know, they, they covered him up so that you couldn't see the, 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 the scars of his martyrdom. But you know what they couldn't cover up? His face. They couldn't cover up the expression on his face. And it wasn't an expression with, you know, with his lips twisted in agony and his eyes bulging out. It's like Pastor Wormbrand says in the in the movie. Do you remember that scene when he's sitting across from the uh, the prison warden and the prison warden is talking about shooting him? And he said, oh, "If you do that, I'll I'll go to the person I love." It was this was an expression on his face of going to see the one that he had loved and he simply refused to be separated from.
0: Dr. Foley, thanks for being our guest this week. Yeah, thanks, Todd. You've been listening to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. As always, you can find us online at vomradio.net. You can hear this conversation again. You can also hear our previous conversations with Dr. Eric Foley. And I encourage you this week, pray. Thousands and thousands of people are going to be inspired by this video. And I hope thousands and thousands of VOM Radio listeners we'll be in prayer for the families who lived this story and are still living it today inside of North Korea. You can see the video telling the story of Pastor Han and download it to show in your church or your Sunday school class or your Bible study group at vomradio.net slash IDOP for International Day of Prayer. That's vomradio.net slash IDOP. Slash IDOP. And if you're saying, well, International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church is already over and we didn't do anything, don't let that stop you. Do something next Sunday. Do something the Sunday after that. Show the video. Pray together with your church family for the people of North Korea and especially for the persecuted believers there. I hope you'll join us next week. We have a special episode planned for the weekend of the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. We're going to honor the life of John Chow, the young man who gave his life to reach the people of North Sentinel Island. We'll be talking with Dr. Mary Ho. She is the leader of All Nations, the ministry that sent John Chow to the Sentinel Islands. And we're going to learn more about how God called him and how John went, knowing very well that he was risking his life. You won't want to miss that conversation. So please be back with us again next week, right here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.